Welcome to the 219 Sports Podcast. Um, thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Um, I got a lot of things I want to talk about. Um, Chicago Bears and the mess that they are and the laughing stock of the NFL. Um, I got Chicago Cubs stuff and a little bit of Notre Dame football I want to talk about as well. Um, but yeah, we'll break that into segments. I'm not really sure how long this is going to be. This is my first go around. I do apologize for some of the audio. Um, I do have a microphone, but I need the right component, whatever, to plug it into this computer. So um, next week I'll have better audio, hopefully for you guys, but bear with me. Um, Yeah, I hope everyone's week is going well. Um, I know I had a pretty decent week. And, um, yeah, I mean, welcome. I'm excited to see where this goes, like I said. Um, so, yeah, let's dive right into it. We'll, uh, let's get into some Bears talk. Oh, where do we begin with the Chicago Bears the Chicago Bears are the laughing stock of the NFL. I've never never thought that we me as a fan and this franchise, I never thought that we would be in this spot. Um the worst team in the NFL and it really just seems like the front office has no answers. I mean, the Bears are a sinking ship, man. Like, we're watching from afar. The The Bears are like Titanic, okay? The ship, the helm is underwater. Kevin Warren is somewhere on a lifeboat, and he left it up to Ryan Poles to direct everyone and scramble and find answers and we're just watching I mean I don't know it is total chaos uh, with the Bears they are the headlines of the news and ESPN they lost their defensive coordinator resigned for air quotes family health reasons and mental stuff which we know that's not true we don't think it's true because the Bears have not released a statement about it or have wished him well. There's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that they're not telling us, and we don't know why. And I don't know why they're being so difficult. I want to play a quick little clip from Matt Eberflus's press conference uh, that he gave on Wednesday. Um, just take a listen, and I'll talk about it after. Oh, uh, First-year player? A lot of times you like to leave them in the same spot, uh, but uh, certainly that's uh, been in conversation. Matt, do you anticipate Alan Williams to return at any point this season? I do not have an update on, on uh, Alan Williams right now. Is he, is he still the defensive coordinator? Like I said, I don't have any update. I don't have any update right now. Have you spoken to him since I don't have any update. What do you mean you don't have any update? The Bears are obviously hiding something. 
and it, whether it's a legal thing or I, I I don't know that answer is just it's making things worse for the Bears as an organization. And Ryan Poles later came out with an interview to the press on Friday. Uh, actually, no, it was yesterday on Thursday talking about just giving an update on the organization where's that and where's Kevin Warren he's not there <laughs> like I said he's on that lifeboat um abandoned ship it seems like but I mean what is going on I mean the word's going to get out at some point um what Alan Williams said about leaving and taking care of himself and his family do I think that's true no um, you may think that sounds mean or harsh, but I, I really don't think it's true because the Bears, as an organization, have not released a statement about him. The only thing they said is Kevin William or Alan Williams has resigned uh, as defensive coordinator, and that's it. They haven't wished him a well, like good luck. Uh, we hope you get well and things go well. We'd love to have you back. Nothing like that. So there's obviously something else going on. Um. And that will all unfold, I'm sure, in weeks prior, weeks coming. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll keep you guys updated on that and just, just be watching. I mean Ugh. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. I wanna talk about Justin Fields and the disaster he has also been and the failure of the Bears as an organization in developing him. Um, yes, there's a lot to blame on both sides, but if you're supposed to be the franchise, air quotes, air quotes here, guys, franchise quarterback, you need to make up where the team is lacking. And they, they talk about it all the time and, oh, we got to put together the right team and the right pieces around them to really get the best out of him. I, like I just said, if he's supposed to be the franchise quarterback, he needs to make a... He has the number one wide receiver in the NFL, DJ Moore. They traded the first round pick, number one overall pick for this guy. And how many targets did they go to him for the first game of the season? Two. Two targets. Two completions to DJ Moore. Second game versus the Bucks, They did a little better. They threw him to him six times. But still, they lost. The Bears are 0-2. Matt Eberflus and the Bears have lost 12 games in a row. 12-game losing streak. And Bears fans and myself, we are fed up and frustrated. You know, they talk about development. And, you know, Justin Fields is just not... He, he's not... I don't know what the word is. It's just not consistent, you know? Like, you'll have these moments you see of potential, but, like, it's not consistent enough. And how much longer do we need to keep waiting? We can't keep waiting around and just pushing back and just waiting for him to develop. Um, I think it, we just need to move on as an organization, whether we tank or, again, and suffer through another season a losing season as Bears fans. And as much as I don't want him, maybe draft Caleb Williams and we get the first pick overall again. Um, Justin Fields is just not cutting it. 
And I want to play another clip from Wednesday's press conference of Justin Fields talking about how he played um, this past Sunday versus the Bucks, and just just listen to him. And he talks about you know how he just felt like he was controlled, and he just air quote couldn't play freely, couldn't be himself. Um, so yeah, just give a listen to what he has to say here, and I'll discuss it after. That puts the all offense in a rhythm. So, um, you know, we put a couple of good drives together on Sunday. Of course, you know, things that I didn't like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not not, not playing like myself. So, um, you know, uh, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and you know, play football how I know how to play football. And my goal is to go out there and just say effort and go play football the way I know how. Justin, we've given you so many chances. Last, I told my dad this last week. Um, this past Sunday versus the Bucks was my last straw with him. I mean, I gave him, this was my last chance to see, okay, Justin, I'm committed to you. If I don't see any improvement or anything else or a win this week, then I'm throwing in the hat and let's move on. I'm done with Justin. I don't care what he has to say anymore. I mean, this is week two. What did we do all postseason? What did we do this summer in the offseason to get better? Why? How did we get to 0-2? How? I don't understand. What did we do all offseason to get to 0-2? And then now everyone's scrambling around. Like I said, <laughs> Everyone's scrambling for lifeboats and trying to figure out how to survive and move on from this because spotlight's on you now, man, and now you have to perform. You said it in that interview. I'm just going to go out there and be myself and play. Show us. Be consistent every week. Get into the end zone. Do whatever it takes. I am so sick of the inconsistencies and just the little spur moments he has of being good and everyone's hopping back on the Justin Fields bandwagon. Yeah, he's going to be our franchise quarterback. No, I'm done. It's it. It's over. Let's move on. This is not working out. You're going into Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champions, and you're most likely going to come out 0-3. When are the Bears going to win their next game? I could see them honestly going probably 0-5. Let me look at their schedule real quick. Okay, they got the Chiefs, the Broncos. Okay, they're probably going to go 0-3 this weekend. And then they go in and they have the Broncos coming to town. And that's kind of, they're both 0-2 right now. Um, So, I mean, that's a hit or miss. Then you got the Commanders. I honestly, I could see the Bears going 0-4. Six, maybe. If they don't beat the Broncos, I I could see them losing to the Commanders and the Vikings as well. I mean, th- gosh. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking too much about these guys. These guys, it's just... It's like that episode in SpongeBob and his brain of filing cabinets ripped open and everyone's running around looking for answers and they all say it's calm and everything's good at House Hall. No, it's not. Fans are fed up. We're all fed up. I'm fed up. Chicago Bears, get it together. 
Get it together. You are a professional football team. You brought in Kevin Warren to fix these things, to get the organization in order. And you start out 0-2. Your defensive coordinator resigns for an unknown reason. Well, he thinks they say he has a reason, and you don't talk about it. Your quarterback is, feels like he's being robotically controlled and he's not adapting to the offense. What did you do all offseason? Your head coach is scrambling to find answers. Figure it out. Get it together. Next up, I'll talk about Notre Dame football. Um, I got a guest caller, Nick Houck. Um, he's a big Ohio State guy. Um, great friend of mine. I love Nick. He knows a ton about sports. He's got a passion for it. Um, so stay tuned. We'll give him a call, um, and he'll be on the hotline uh, when we come back. So welcome back to the 219 Sports Podcast. Um, like I said, we have Nick Houck here, um, a great friend of mine. I went to college with him. Huge Ohio State fan um, of a lot of sports teams. Um, and Nick is just going to talk a little bit about Ohio State and things that Notre Dame could be expecting for this Saturday's game. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing good, Kenny. How about you? I'm doing all right. I've holding my breath for this game. Uh, I think it should be a good game. Uh, what do you think, uh, Ohio state and what do you think they're going to do? What are their, what are some of their strengths? Um, I think some of their strengths in our offense is, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Of course, one of the most elite wide receivers in college football along with him and Emeka Ibuka as well. Um, I think their skill, skill positions all around is what will allow for them to help, dominate against uh, a very stout Notre Dame defense and everything. But um, some of the some of the big um, keys uh, for the game for High State is going to be, well, I think for both teams, going to be controlling the trenches on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, because both teams need to be able to run the ball quite a bit. And then um, from McCord, uh, just being in, like, being an atmosphere at Notre Dame is going to be tough on him and just keeping his poise under pressure and everything because I think it will be a very tight game throughout the whole way. But, yeah. All right, yeah. So you talked a little bit about their offense and Marvin Harris. Well, I want to talk about the defense, actually. Ohio State's defense, like, what, is, what does it look like and what kind of things will Notre Dame have trouble with, like, Will they struggle, you think, in the run game or in the passing game? Um, what What is Ohio State's defense going to look like this weekend? Um, so, as we saw last year under new defense coordinator Jim Knowles, Ohio State was very stout against the run, but was very poor in, um, in passing games and coverage, especially at, the, especially at the corner position. And then giving up big plays because we like to run a lot of uh, – what they call um, zero coverage, which is where there's no safeties on the back end. Yeah. Everyone is at the line of scrimmage, which is very good against the run game. But if you can get an opening, you can be gone 75, 80 yards to the house. Yeah. So, I State, like, not 
basically the keys is going to be for Ohio State to control the run game against SMA and everything. Who has been one of the best running backs so far this season yeah. in college football. And just being able to stop him and everything. And then um, and then Ohio State uh, this season has had, so far this season, according to Pro Football Focus, has had um, one of the best uh one of the best pass rushes out of all Power 5 teams with an 87, like, 25 grade right now in DFF. And then having, I think the interior is where high State will have the strength at in pass rush. But on the edge, it's going to be a lot of a struggle against um, Notre Dame's left tackle, um, Joe Alt. Yeah. He has had 112, he has had 112 pass blocks this season with zero pressures allowed. So, yeah, I think it's I think a lot of it's going to be by state is controlling the run game, forcing Hartman to throw the ball, who has struggled this season when under pressure. Yeah. So getting pressure on him, especially with our front four, because I feel like if we are if we can't get pressure on our front four, we're bringing five six guys on blitzes to try and get to him. I feel like he'll be able to pick us apart in the secondary with a secondary that has a lot to prove this season. It has played well so far, but hasn't had to go up against an elite opponent yet like Notre Dame this season. Yeah. That was uh, a lot of good information there, Nick. I appreciate that. Um, My third point is what are your game, what are your projections for this game? What do you think the score is going to be? So I've gone with a 38-35 prediction for a high stage in the game. Okay. I think it will be a a high scoring game. Um, I think it will be dependent on, like I said earlier, about which team can control the trenches. Um, I think that was important for both teams because Notre Dame is a very heavy run team, love to run the ball and everything. Ohio State likes to prove that they can run the ball at times and sometimes they shouldn't. They just, should just let the game go to their let the game go to their elite receivers and everything. Yeah. But um I think I think McCord will have I think McCord will have a solid game this season. This game. I think it'll be a very good game for him. I think a high stakes defense will step up, will step up in a big way. But I do think that I do think Hartman will, I think Hartman will be a big struggle for high state in this game. I think a high stakes defense will hold estimate a less than 100 yards. But oh wow! I think which, I think whichever team um, controls trenches, like I said, and which team does not make any or less mistakes, I think will win the game. Very good predictions there, Nick. Um, yeah, last question. Are you a fan of Ryan Day? Because I've been hearing a lot of chatter and seeing other things that some people just aren't big fans of him, but he's winning football games for Ohio State. What are your thoughts on him? Um, I think when you're at Ohio State, when you're at a big, a big football school and everything, there's going to be pressure no matter what and everything. And he has, he has shown against against teams that we should beat and everything, that we can blow teams out and everything. But when it comes to top five teams, he has struggled. His record against top five teams is one in five so far out of high state and everything. But I think it's just a tough it's just a tough atmosphere environment because obviously last year we were in against Georgia. We probably should have beat Georgia, but mistakes late yeah. by high state really allowed for us to lose those games. And then, of course, the last few seasons, been we've been punched right in the teeth against Michigan the last two years, <laughs> I think, which yeah. has been 
hard to take and everything. <laughs> I'm sure. But all right, Nick. Well, I appreciate your time and um, that great information. I look having you on as a future caller and maybe even weekly. I don't know. Um, yeah. But thanks a lot for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll be having a, a good conversation about this game next week, depending on who wins. So, oh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll see. And uh, yeah, once again, thanks for your time, and um, I look forward to calling you again. All right, thanks a lot, Nick. Yep. That was my good friend, Nick Hauk. He is a sports fanatic. He's a great guy. He has a passion for sports and his teams. Um, good, good, good friend of mine. I really, <laughs> never a dull moment when getting to hanging out with Nick and talking to him about sports. And we've had a lot, a lot of fun, good times together and some good, good, all in good fun sports arguments. But um, yeah, Nick, he, I could see him being a, a frequent caller on this podcast. Um, and I know he was happy to do it. Um, so yeah, I think he made a lot of good points. Um, Ohio State's offense and Marvin Harris Jr. is a deadly force on offense. Um, I think he made a lot of good points about Notre Dame. Um, may have some struggles, it sounded like, um, in the run game. He said he thinks they're going to hold Estime um, to about 100 yards rushing. Um, and he's averaging, I think, a little over that, um, maybe even more. I don't, I'm kind of upset I don't have the stat up right now. Um, but I think, yeah, he made some good points about Hartman being under pressure. Uh, when he's under pressure, he has struggles throwing the ball. Um, I think he made good, uh, game predictions of, what is it? He said 30, 38 to 35, um, you know, favor of Ohio state. Uh, I think that's a very fair prediction. I think it will be a high scoring game. Um, yeah, I, me personally as a Notre Dame fan, I'm probably going to choose Notre Dame as a, a 10 point, um, favorite. Um, I'm not, I don't have an idea what the score is, but that's what I think right now. Um, I think if Notre Dame wins this game, it would probably it should put them in the top four or the top five at least. Um, they have man, they've got the pieces together. They they have them this year. Um, I will be disappointed. It'll be catastrophic if they don't make the playoffs. I'll be disappointed if they lose in the playoffs. But I think this team is national championship worthy. Like they can get there. Um, I'm just. It depends on who they play. If, if God forbid, if Georgia, <laughs> Georgia is in the national championship, it'll be a tough game. Um, but we'll see when we get there. Um, but yeah, huge game coming up in South Bend. My parents are actually going there. Uh, my dad actually went there on Thursday to check out the campus. He had some stuff in South Bend, and he stopped by, um, got himself some apparel, um, got to see the players walk in for practice. It was pretty cool. Anyways, they're going to be at the game Saturday. Um, I'm probably going to have him on the show for next week um, and just talk about experience and the things he saw. Um, but, yeah, man, this team is good. I mean, obviously both teams have had a pretty level and cruised into the 3-0 and 2-0, or I think Notre Dame's 4-0. Um, they haven't really played anyone uh, that would give them a, a big test yet, but 
this game is the game of the week. College game day will be there. Uh, really excited, looking forward to it. And hopefully next week I'll be in a good mood talking about the Fighting Irish. <laughs> so, um, yeah, next, last segment, I want to talk a little bit about the Cubs. Um, yeah, you're listening here on uh, the 219 Sports Podcast. Pirates lead 8-6 to six here with two down in the bottom of the ninth. Nobody on. And the 0-1. Fly ball to right. There and making the catch to end the ball game is Palacios. The Pirates have beaten the Cubs by a score of 8-6. to six. And we will be back with the totals in a moment. The Pirates... Take two out of three. The Cubs are now tied with Miami for that final wild card spot in the National League. Oh, the Cubs. The Cubs have now lost their fourth straight series and have gotten their booties kicked by teams they should be crushing. I will say Arizona, the Diamondbacks are legit. They're they're good. They got... They know what they need to do. They came in. They handled business. They deserve that second spot in the wild card. The Cubs are three and seven in their last ten games. Three and seven. They've lost four series in a row. What is happening? Please stop making this so stressful and uncomfortable for us Cubs fans. I was. I saw a question on the Mullion Hall show on 670 score um, based out of Chicago. They, someone asked Molly if, or no, it was Hall, if the Cubs season would be a failure if they did not make the playoffs. And I had to think about that. And at this point, I think so. They were below, I think it was 10 games below 500 by the all-star break. And they've turned it around somehow. Um, and, I'm happy with how they've been playing. They were on a roll there now, but since they've gone on this losing streak and Chris Bryant has been showing them up, which hurt, um, I think I would be very disappointed if the Cubs did not make the playoffs this year. Um, games have become very uncomfortable to watch. Um, very uncomfortable and stressful, and I hate it. Um they're in a must-win, must-sweep series against the Rockies. Must sweep. They must sweep these next three games. Hit the ball and hit it far. Hit home runs. Hit home runs. Stop letting Seiya Suzuki carry you. Bellinger, step it up. Swanson, you as well. Stop stressing us and stop playing around. Get it together. Finish these last nine games of the season and make it to the playoffs. Then we can rest. Justin Steele, he was our our ace pitcher, I thought. And then he just kind of blew up these last two games. Um, and he's out of the Cy Young um, for sure. Um, he just kind of lost his composure. And just really fell off. Um, it's kind of sad, but I'm just make it to the playoffs, please. Get it together. 
stop messing around, play baseball, do what you have to do, do what you've got to do, do what needs to be done, hit the ball and hit it far, okay? Please win this series sweep. Must win. You got the Brewers playing the Marlins, which you're tied with. And right now the Cubs are losing the tiebreaker because the Marlins have it over them. Um, so basically the Cubs are out of the playoffs, wild card spot right now. Um, best case scenario, the Brewers, or I think the magic number is two for the Brewers, beat the Marlins, push them below the Cubs, and then by the time the Cubs play the Brewers, they'll be resting their players and we could win games and we can get to the playoffs. But yeah, just please stop playing around. Just Get the job done. Well, that about does it for me today. Um, I just want to thank you guys again for taking the time out of your day, whether you're heading home from work or to work or whatever, listening on the weekend, working out, whatever it may be. Thanks for giving me a chance and just, um, I don't know, listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, Like I said, this is just a hobby of mine that uh, I have passion for sports and I love talking about it. So, um, yeah, um, keep up to date on my Twitter account at 219 underscore sports podcast or uh, 219 underscore sports um, and share it with your friends. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of learning as we go. So um, have a great weekend. Um, I know I will. I got cross-country meet i'm a assistant coach uh that morning then i'm watching the irish and then heading to church on sunday uh, really looking forward to that i'll talk more about it on next podcast um but yeah thank you guys have a great weekend um and i'll see you next time